welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will distract and tranquilize those pesky squirrels in your brain so you can relax and fall asleep. episode number 231, and specifically, it's an extra-long batch episode of curious stories from my life. If you'd like to enjoy over 250 more episodes of Sleep Whispers, including lots of batch episodes like this one, then feel free to click the link in the show notes or visit sleepwhispers.com. There is also a link to my current giveaway. You can win a Sleep Whispers t-shirt, eight-hour nature sounds, wireless sleep phones valued at $100. There are 23 entries so far, and the giveaway ends on November 27th, 2020. So it's almost over. All right, let me tell you a little about these personal stories about to hear. In this episode, I'll feature five views from five earlier episodes. Views were an experimental thing I did in older episodes when I chatted about a photo from my life. The five views that you'll hear tonight are just a mix of curious moments. The first view that you'll hear I shared in episode 76, and it's about how I donated my car to a demolition derby, and then how the drivers painted it to look like a police car, and and then how it went out in a big blaze of glory. The second view that you'll hear tonight I shared in episode number 80. It was a time when I dressed up as a Scottish Highlander. I ran a race in a kilt. No, the race wasn't called the Breezy Mile. But yes, that that would have been a good name for it. The third view that you'll hear tonight I shared in episode number 85. And there's two stories here. One is about my parents trying to secede an island from the United States. <laughs> I know they're, yes, they're, they're a little nuts. And they even get in a wrangle with a senator about it. Anyway, the other story is how I went to a, a big music concert dressed as Santa Claus, and I ended up on TV. And then some people I knew 
saw me on TV and I had to decide if I was going to really confess that I was running around some concert dressed as Santa Claus. The fourth view that you'll hear tonight I shared in episode number 89 and it's about me chasing a policeman. Yeah, not the other way around. I wasn't being chased by a policeman, but I was chasing the policeman. The fifth and final view I shared in episode number 93. It is about a, a real snowy day when I went sledding with my nephew, but we didn't have any actual sleds, so we first went to a thrift store, and they didn't have any sleds, so instead we just bought several things that we thought might work as sleds, and some worked well, and some didn't. When you hear the story, you'll agree that it's a miracle that my nephew is still alive today. I hope tonight's extra-long badge episode distracts your squirrels your mind and helps you to fall asleep. And you may be wondering why an extra long episode tonight. It's because I have an extra sponsor. So that means you get more vintage whispers to fully sedate your stress squirrels. And when you do fall asleep, your stress squirrels can still initiate jaw clenching and teeth grinding even though you're not awake. And that teeth grinding can damage your teeth and often results in a sore jaw and headaches throughout the day. You can prevent this by getting a professional custom fit slim night guard from Pro Teeth Guard, a sponsor of this episode. And this can be a lot less costly than going to a dentist for the same process because you can use the Pro Teeth Guard Home Impression Kit and get a professional quality custom night guard delivered right to your door. My wife just tried one and she had one made. She noticed two big improvements compared to the one she had bought in the store. First, Pro Teeth Guard fit amazingly better. And two, when she woke up, she noticed that her bite wasn't misaligned. Her old night guard caused her to wake up with an overbite, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> Are you ready? Protect your precious pearlies from grinding while you sleep. If so, go to proteethguard.com slash whispers to get $15 off. And for your ease, I'll put that discount link in the show notes. Now, one thing that 
causing you to grind your teeth, is worrying about your diet. So how about trying an all-in-one daily drink that supports better health and peak performance called Athletic Greens? And they are the other sponsor of tonight's episode. Think of Athletic Greens like nutritional insurance delivered straight to your door. I've been enjoying Athletic Greens for several months now because I love the taste and the boost to my nutrition. It allows me to sleep with a little less guilt when I have pancakes for dinner. Don't judge. I like pancakes. Some ingredients are even reported to support sleep quality, like magnesium, zinc, and ashwagandha. So, if you want to take one nutritional formula to boost your daily nutrition, then try Athletic Greens today by visiting athleticgreens.com slash whispers. You'll also receive a free dropper bottle of liquid vitamin D with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash whispers. And for your ease, I put a link in the show notes. And now, enjoy this extra-long batch of views about curious moments from my life. FYI, these episodes were recorded about three years ago, so you may notice a difference in my audio quality and perhaps even my whisper style. Let's begin. This episode's view is a lot more lighthearted than the last one I shared about my father. So, a while ago, I bought a 1991 Mazda. 323 hatchback, and I bought it from a, a good friend of mine for a thousand dollars. And I drove it for a couple years. Oh, I, and I, I totally love that car, but there came a point when it needed repairs that exceeded value of the car, so it just didn't make sense to keep putting money into this, basically this really cheap car. So I decided to sell it for a hundred dollars with full disclosure of what was wrong with it, hoping that some um, mechanically inclined person might be interested in it. Well, a few days after I posted the ad, two young guys came to look at it. I explained everything that was wrong with it. I was very honest. And they said they weren't sure if they wanted to buy it. And that made sense to me. They then explained they were looking for a car to enter into a demolition derby. I was so excited by the 
thought of seeing my car go out in a, in a blaze of glory. So I told them that they could just have the car for free. And all they would have to do is just tell me the date and the location of the demolition derby so I could watch it. They happily agreed. And sure enough, about two months later, the event happened. I showed up to the demolition derby with a bunch of friends and a video camera to record it. And it was amazing. The two guys had painted my little car to look like a police car. And they even added a flashing blue siren on top of the car. Now, the downside is that I think that this made my, my little car a bigger target. Because it made it, I think, easier to see. But also, I think it motivated some others to kind of aim for it. I don't know. If you want to see a photo of me standing next, next to my demolition police car, I've posted a photo and my, uh, my face is covered to maintain my privacy, but I've posted a photo on my Patreon page and it's posted for public viewing, so anyone can view it. You don't need to be a patron. So, if you're curious to see that photo, it's there. Alright. The guy who was driving the car, driving my car, he, he was nuts. From the start of the demolition derby, he was the most aggressive driver. Most of the other drivers were moving much more cautiously. And then you see my car zipping around and smashing about like a maniac. All the time with that blue siren flashing on top. At one point, my car is in the center of the demolition arena, and it is just getting pulverized by several other cars. And then smoke and flames shoot out of the front of the engine. And the whole event is stopped. Red flags are waving. And firefighter, firefighters walk out to my car. And they just gather around it, staring at my smoking car. And then it is officially declared dead. That's it. I think my car was the first car to be eliminated in the demolition derby. I think the whole thing lasted about two minutes and I recorded it so you can watch the video of my car getting pulverized. I also posted the video on my Patreon page Anyone can view it. You don't need to be a patron. Just make sure you turn the volume down before you start the video because when I created the video a while ago, 
I added some peppy and loud swing music as a soundtrack. Alright, so did I get my $100 worth in entertainment and memories? Oh, for sure. There's that, um, I don't know if saying, but there's something I've heard, and it's that experiences are more valuable than money or material objects, and it's true. I would rather have the memory of that demolition derby than $100 for sure. That was one of the best moments of my life. Alright. That's the end of that story. For tonight's view, I have a story to go with that photo of me dressed up as a Scottish Highlander, which can be seen by anyone when they visit my Patreon site. Now, just to be clear as to which person I am in the photo, there's two people standing there. I am on the left. So here's the background to uh, that photograph. I saw an advertisement for a running race, and it was called The Kilted Mile, and I wasn't sure what that meant. But sure enough, what it meant is run one mile in a kilt. <laughs> well, that sounded quite fun, so I signed up for it. And I didn't own a kilt, so I needed to get a kilt somehow. And also because I tend to be OCD about some things. I wasn't just in search of a kilt, but I wanted to piece together my own uh, whole Scottish Highlander outfit. <laughs> so I first went online. Online. I said that kind of funny. I went online and I found pictures of the traditional kilted outfits of the Scottish Islands. Then I went to a bunch of different thrift stores trying to find and pieces that match this vision in my head of what I'd seen online. So my final outfit that I pieced together was a long plaid skirt, which I cut to be a plaid kilt. A beret which really had a, a reggae design on it. A piece of plaid cloth was pinned on my shoulder, which was really just a piece of the skirt I'd cut off. And a black fanny pack or waist pack that 
the 70s. So on the day of the race, I put on my outfit and I drove to the event. And not to be so humble, but I thought I looked awesome. When I arrived, I looked around and quickly noticed that it was mostly just the females who were wearing any kind of skirt or kilt. And most of them were not even plaid skirts or looking anything like a kilt. They were just like running skirts. And any guys that were wearing a skirt or a kilt definitely did not have any other Scottish flair like I did. So I kind of suddenly felt ridiculous. I ended up running the race with less enthusiasm than I had anticipated. When the race was done, I just found something to eat while I just walked around a little bit. And then the magic moment happened. I saw him, this guy, dressed up in a perfect Scottish Highlander traditional dress. Our eyes locked, and it was like time froze. A piano started twinkling somewhere in the distance, and rose petals floated down from the sky. <laughs> Seeing him made all my efforts worth it, and he really seemed to appreciate my um, my popper boy attempt at a kilted Scottish outfit. So the photo shows us standing next to each other, and. I'm even holding the food I had recently purchased that I was suddenly no longer hungry for. It is, in a way, too bad that our faces are covered in the photo because underneath those circles of redaction huge smiles of pure glee. If I could attribute some deep meaning to that photo, I guess it would be that all it takes sometimes is just one person to make our extra efforts seem a hundred percent worth it. Thank you, Super Scottish Highlander dude, for being there that day. So for tonight's various views, I have actually two different views. The first one is another update about that visit I had with my parents in prior episodes. I 
shared with you how I found out something very strange about my parents, which I never knew about. And that's that they tried to secede a small island from the United States. And I just, I still couldn't, like, visualize how really involved they were with this concept. You know, was this just, like, them sitting around the dining room table chatting about this? Or, you know, was this a really significant movement that they were a part of? And so I brought it up to my mother again, and I said, you know, so how big of a deal was this when you and my father were involved with trying to seek independence for this small little island, and, and she, she said it, it got a lot of at least statewide attention, um, because at one point, they sent a U.S. senator to the small island to speak to the people that were involved with trying to separate this island from the United States. And my mother said that she actually got into a very heated argument with that U.S. senator about this. So, I guess it was significant enough that a U.S. Senator got involved, and I guess my mother was involved enough that she went toe-to-toe with this person. It's all so strange and amusing to me. Alright, the other topic for tonight's view is a photo which I've posted on my Patreon site, but anyone can see the photo. The story, the big general story about that photo is actually in episode 35, and then I'm going to add a little bit to it here. In episode 35, I shared how and why I went to a concert dressed as Santa Claus. So if you've heard that old episode, then you kind of remember that I went to a big concert dressed as Santa Claus. Um, just to kind of add to the the fun nature as people walked around. Well, the photo I just posted is me at this concert, and I'm dressed as Santa Claus, and I'm sitting on this large metal barrel, which is actually a trash can, and I'm just kind of looking down, and I don't know if you can tell by looking at the photo what is happening in the photo, but that that situation at that concert, or that moment at the concert, or the concert area is that this was a drum circle. And you may or may not know what a drum circle is. It's when people just come together, you know, maybe a circle or just a group of people come together and they usually just bring their own drums and everyone starts kind of beating to a general rhythm together. Um, but yet you can also do your own syncopation to the main rhythm. And it, 
it just sounds really cool. Well, for this drum circle that happened at the concert, um, people, some people had their own drums, and then other people were just banging on anything they could find. So here's what happened, is I was walking around dressed as Santa Claus, and I walked by this huge drum circle, and I was mesmerized by just watching all these people just either banging on drums or banging something, and it was very rhythmic. And then there was someone that was sitting on that barrel that I'm on in the photo. And they got up, and they, they saw me just looking, and they walked over to me, and they, they handed me the stick or whatever they were using to bang on the bottom of that trash can. And so I sat down, <laughs> dressed as Santa, and I started banging on the bottom of that trash can to the general beat that everybody was um, creating. And it just felt so incredible. You really, and you can kind of see it in the photo, perhaps, that you get lost in the moment. You get so focused on creating your own rhythm within the general rhythm. And it's almost hypnotic or meditative. And I definitely, you know, um, felt why people create these drum circles and why they enjoy them. is the contrast of the chaos that you see when you look at that picture. There is trash everywhere. There are just people all scattered about. And in a way, it's a very messy-looking picture. But yet, when I was in that moment, and I think for all those individuals in that moment, it was the opposite of chaotic. It was rhythmic and peaceful. And that moment and that photo represents to me how we can find peace in chaos how there can be many things around us that are in disarray. But if we get focused on something that means something to us or that contributes to something that others are doing, that suddenly this is this feeling of peace. I think that summarizes it for me pretty well. Tonight's various view is about a photograph which you can see it on my Patreon site and anyone can see it so it's it's publicly available. But it is uh, mostly a silly photo. In the photo, I'm in front of a church chasing a policeman who is riding a bicycle. Even when I say that, it, it sounds like, like a staged moment from 
some YouTube video, but it, it was a real moment captured on camera. Uh, here's the here's the story behind that moment. And I think the key to the photo, which you may not notice at first, is the hat that I'm wearing in the photo. So I was in Seattle, Washington, walking around a university campus with a friend. We walked by this uh, street lamp, and at the base of the lamp was one of the weirdest hats I'd ever seen. The shape was kind of like a top hat, so it was kind of tall and had a, a brim that went all the way around, but it was floppy. It was super soft and really fuzzy. The, the large rim that went around was purple. And then it had several, several rings of bright colors going up to the top. Just a, a bizarre looking hat. And so I had three choices. I could put it back on the ground where I found it. I could bring it somewhere. Or I could have put it on my head. Without hesitation, I put that weird hat I found on the ground on my head. And you, I'm sure you knew I was going to do that. Because I've told you how I like to wear wigs from thrift stores. And I, I, and I think, yeah, I told you about the time I made a wig out of seaweed at the beach. So I don't really have much reservation about putting stupid things on my head. So anyway, we walked around the campus with me wearing that stupid goofy hat. And at, at some point we walked up to that church that's in the photo, I asked my friend to take a picture of me standing in front of the church, and that is when the police officer on the bicycle approached us, and I don't remember what he said. I know we weren't in... I, I know we weren't in trouble for anything, and I, don't, I just don't remember what he said to us at that moment. All I know is that when he started pedaling away from us, I did the most illogical thing I could think of. I just started chasing him, and that's when my friend just snap that picture and the part of the picture that I think is the gem of the entire photo is the cop's face. You can clearly see that he is smiling and totally amused and non-threatened by this dorky guy in a dorky hat chasing after him. I told you it's just a silly photo. I don't I don't really have anything deep to say about that photo except I guess encouragement to 
silly. Have fun. Pick hats off the ground. Chase policemen. And enjoy life. say about that. Tonight's view is about a photograph of a day my nephew and I went sledding and you can see the photo on my Patreon site and you don't need to be a patron to see it. You can just go there and it's available for public viewing. In the photo, my nephew is standing at the top or near the top of a snow-covered hill, and he has on a winter jacket and a winter hat and winter gloves. And then the curious thing is it's what he's holding in the photograph, which is a suitcase. So what is this kid doing standing on a snow-covered hill with a suitcase? Well, it's for sledding, of course. He came to visit me one winter, and we had a a big snowstorm. So, we obviously wanted to go sledding. And I figured that to save money, we would go to some thrift stores to buy a used sled rather than paying for a brand new sled. Which... You know, on the surface, is a good idea. Except by the time we got to the thrift stores, there weren't any sleds left, of course, because there was a, there just was a snowstorm. So, we were a little bit disappointed. So we just wandered around, looking for other things that might work well as a sled. And that is when we saw that black suitcase. It was an older style suitcase. You know, no wheels or anything. It was hard, smooth plastic all around. And the corners of the suitcase were very well rounded. It was like heaven opened up and shone a light right on it. Because when I saw it, I thought, oh my goodness, I think that might just work quite well for sledding. And it, <laughs> I think it only cost like $5. We got back in the car and drove to this huge hill with lots of kids and parents just already sledding on it. My first thought was that my nephew would just sit on top of this closed suitcase and ride it down the hill by himself. But then it dawned on me, like it probably just dawned on you, is that we could both ride the suitcase if I opened it up. So, there we were at the top of this big hill, and we opened up this huge suitcase, put it on the snow. My nephew sits in the front part, and I sit behind him in the back part. It... It was like this perfect two-person toboggan. And as we're, we're, we're settling into the suitcase and 
my nephew and I are just grinning because we think this is just so amazing. And then we realize that some of the other kids and their parents are staring at us because we just walked up this hill with a suitcase. And then we open it up and we sit inside it. And they're, they're staring at us with this combination of curiosity and, and I think pity would be the other good word. So we're at the top of the hill. We're sitting in it. I ask him if he's ready. He says yes. Neither of us know if this thing is going to work. It worked awesome. We got lots of smiles and laughs from the other kids and their parents. And people just enjoyed watching us fly down the mountain in our suitcase. So, so besides having discovered this amazing sled for five dollars, which seats two people. The huge upside also is that if it was a real sled, it would be useless most days of the year, except for for sledding. But our sled was also a suitcase. So it had a year-round purpose. that to say is never fret about buying a fancy sled. Just go to a thrift store and grab yourself one of those old-timey suitcases because thrift stores are full of them. Everybody wants the one with wheels and spinners today. And I guess on a deeper philosophical level, don't, don't sweat when plan A doesn't work. Because plan B might work just as well and have some hidden upsides. That's all I have to say about that.